Hello, welcome to Blue Rose Podcast. Our guest today is Veronica Santarelli. She is the CEO of Grass Health, a medical cannabis education and delivery system in Arizona, launching soon in Massachusetts. She's a founding member of her company, has had to overcome immense challenges throughout her journey. She also recently started her own podcast, the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Check it out. I've listened to it. It's excellent women. A podcast for those who are interested in diet culture, fitness, weight loss, and body positivity. She's extremely passionate about natural approaches to improve health and prevent diseases we age, hence her, only 20, her over 20 years of experience in health and wellness. Like many women, Veronica has had to push past self-doubt, insecurities, financial challenges, and discrimination that's drive her to her goal, and she's just getting started. Welcome to the show, Veronica. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. I have so many questions. I don't know where to start. <laughs> I mean, when you when you read, because you're a, you're a CEO of a large company. You're well, not, not huge, but yes, I am a CEO. <laughs> and you got in, involved in medical cannabis when it was just kind of coming into the mainstream. Yeah, we got back in in 2014, and we could just see that there were a lot of industry problems that we were hoping to help solve. So as a CEO, people often, when people meet CEOs, they never think of self-doubt, insecurities, you know, any of that. They think, you know, if you're the CEO, you've got it 100% together and, you know, so to come out and admit that you have those challenges, what made you able to become more of a voice for women to look and say, okay, this is how I've done it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have really strong female role models in my life. My mom, you know, when, when her and my dad divorced, she put herself through school. She became the president of the largest mental health agency in Maine, my grandmother. So I have really strong female role models. But with that said, I've had to push past imposter syndrome and all kinds of other really moments of self-doubt to, to, to get to this position. I didn't start as the CEO. I, I did get promoted just really through hard work. And really that's kind of why I'm in this position because I'm willing to do a lot more than what other people would do in, in a position like this. I think some people are workers and some people will just dig in there and do it. And, and I'm that type of person. So, um, but you know, when I took over as CEO, I had to raise money from VCs and do all these other things that I've never done before. And, you know, it's been very uncomfortable. Some of these meetings, I, constantly and second guessing myself like what did I do wrong and you just have to just keep moving forward and know that you're fail you can learn from your failures and get even stronger and and that's exactly what I've done and how were you able to do that because I see so many women they'll get to that to that wall and they hit one too many many failures or one too many rejections and they just can't pick themselves back up but the women that have achieved the heights that you have you have to be able to keep picking yourself up what do you attribute that to? I had a psychologist tell me one time that women are very different from men in that, you know, men are these, you know, they try to be these strong oaks. And when, when the wind blows them down, they can't really get back up. But women, we're, you know, we, we're like a blade of grass. We'll bend way over and we might be sideways, but we'll spring back up eventually. So that's kind of how I would describe the challenges and how I've worked through them. I mean, you know, I cry a lot. I, I, <laughs> it, 
tears cleanse the soul. And, you know, for a long time, I, I was the only women, woman in my company for many years. And, and I was told that my emotions were bad and I shouldn't cry and I shouldn't be so emotional. And I felt so bad about myself for years and, and second guessed myself. But if I read this great book that my stepfather gave me, I I'm sorry, I'll, I'll send it to you after it is. I can't remember the name of it, but it's from a C female CEO. And that quote is from her. That was like the first page. And I'm like, Oh my God, I started crying when I read it. Cause I'm like, this is speaking to me, you know, and if you have another CEO female say it's okay to cry. Like, cause I know that sometimes I'll just cry and then I'll, I'll get back up and I'll just keep moving forward. Cause that, that makes me feel better is continuing to move forward, continuing to push. That's honestly, sometimes the only way I get out of my own anxiety in my head is achieving another small little win. And that gets me back, you know, in the right headspace. And it's interesting. I mean, for me, cause I'm older, I'm 64. So to watch women in the CEO seat now, because when I started out, there were no women CEOs and I would go to meetings where I was the only woman but back then, the rest, the women's restroom would be two or three stories, floors down. And wow. I would make a comment to the guy saying, why don't you have a woman's restaurant, restroom up here? And he'd be like, why would I? Yeah. So I mean, things have changed immensely. But, you know, when you watch these battles. No, I, and your story is very inspiring to me. Like I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and, it, you know, here's some of the challenges that you've overcome is very inspiring, Karen. Well, I, th I think when, thank you. I think when you get to um, medical cannabis, we actually talked off um, before we start talking here. I went to, I found myself as, at a medical cannabis conference, long story. And we went <laughs> through the exhibit hall, which, you know, this kid loves free gifts. And, you know, most of the free gifts are still sitting in a bag because I didn't understand most of what they handed to me. But I was surprised that when you looked at the top level folk, not the salespeople on the floor, but the top level, they were all men. Mm -hmm. I, I still can't believe how many men were in that room. And I, I kept looking around saying, besides the women holding the little trays, where's everybody at? Yeah. So it's admirable that you're a CEO in that industry. Thank you. And, and yeah, I started in my company being the only female. And since then I, I end up hiring a lot of females and I don't, I don't, I don't discriminate against men. I just, you know, I, I obviously choose the best candidate for the position, but I also know that women are very powerful creatures and we, we, we are hold ourselves accountable a lot of times to a much higher standard than, mm -hmm. and we're, we're held to that by society. And so I've had a lot of success hiring women and, you know, I, the company that I was in when I was in the weight loss industry, it was like 99% women. And so that was another place that I had a lot of inspirational female leadership in front of me were these powerhouse saleswomen that were leading this company, the vice president, the COO, they were all women. Now the two owners were men, but I worked with really successful women that, you know, were, were very inspirational and, and pushed through a lot of boundaries to get to where they were. But yeah, the, the cannabis industry is notoriously men driven and we're trying to change that. Uh, the, the plant itself, the cannabis plant, the ones that are, it, it's a female plant. Those are the ones that produce the medicine that we need. I did and not so, know that. Yeah. So it, we throw out the male seeds because <laughs> they contaminate the pasture and we, we only plant female seeds. So the, and so that's why I think the industry, it's always been a compassionate industry. It mm -hmm. has been very, very female driven until this insurgence of, of regulation. And, you know, then the white men that are, you know, powerful and have all the money come in, but, and women like me are trying to change that. So. 
Yeah, and it's it's much needed. But I, you know, I did not ever know that you worked in weight loss, which kind of explains your diet obsessed podcasts. Because po body positivity, I mean, probably every woman listening to this right now is shaking their head. Saying, yeah, what a big thing. Well, and so, so I spent, before I started grass, my cannabis company, I spent six years in the weight loss industry and then another six years in the fitness industry. It's a science-based science -based fitness industry. And I've lost 30 to 40 pounds a couple times in my life. And my dad died way too early. He died at 68. He's somebody that if he had had a little bit more balance, if he had eaten a little bit more nutritionally, if he had moved his body at all, he would not have died so early. And, and so to see how his eating habits, how his lack of activity, like was detrimental to his health. It made me very passionate about health and wellness and fitness and nutrition. And so I thrived in the weight loss industry and the fitness industry. I loved it. And I, I wouldn't have left it unless, you know, I started my own company. I'm also, you know, very passionate about cannabis, but um, but I, I, I'm very restricted in cannabis because it's so heavily regulated and like I can only sell in the state that I'm in. And so I was feeling very like confined and, you know, and I, I've been hearing your podcast with encouraging women to do their side hustles and all. And I'm like, I need a side hustle. You know, I, I want to do something where I'm not restricted and, you know, I don't have a lot of financial resources right now, but you know, all, a lot of stories of success come from people just doing what they love as a hobby. You know, and so I was like, and I, I never had broadcasting around me. I never thought radio or, or broadcasting could be in my future, but then podcasting became a thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I could start my own podcast. And I didn't know how to do it. I did, but I figured it out in a month. I figured out how to edit, how to tape, how to upload and all of that. And I just said, let me just start. And I just did. And I have done it every week. And I just talk about what I love. I talk about fitness and nutrition and all this stuff. And because there was this backlash recently, like there is a backlash uh, on diet culture. And I get that because not everybody like the patriarchy and, you know, men who've owned these diet companies have created this, this, this image that we have to look like a Victoria's secret model, which is, which is, you know, which is ridiculous. Right. So I understand that backlash to diet culture, but I also understand there is a need and a place for people that want to lose weight for their health. So this podcast is trying to kind of balance those two ideas. And there is a place for people that want to lose weight and eat nutritionally and be focused on their health and weight loss. But then you don't have to, everybody doesn't have to fit into this mold of what society is saying, this is what you should look like. And I think it's becoming much more mainstream, I think, than most realize. I'm a big Hallmark Christmas person. I'm not going to lie. I love Hallmark at Christmas. And I taped a bunch in July and I just watched an episode where it was about this guy who owns a magazine and it's like Vogue magazine. And the one of the seamstress is a size 16 and they end up switching over, you know, for the full figured woman. And I thought this is such a great hallmark is all the women that are sitting out there. And I guess they said the average woman in America is a size 16. Right. I was fascinated by that. And I thought, you know, look at this. Hallmark is using their platform their holiday shows when everybody watches their Christmas shows to start getting into that. So it's something that's so needed for women out there because they've spent their lives trying to become these size two models. And exactly. You know, not well, 
And one of the things I do on my podcast is I review other podcasts that talk about this. So there's this podcast diet starts tomorrow and it's these younger girls. They're probably a decade younger than I am. They're like in their thirties and they're, they're, they're the anti-diet culture movement, their body positivity, their intuitive eating. And so I review some of their podcasts and some of the topics they have. And I a hundred percent agree with you. They're the average woman is, is in a larger size body and, but that's not held up, but it is happening today, which is a wonderful thing. It is a great thing. And I was, you know, when I talk about weight, I, I truly believe that weight is a result of something, you know, there's something burning and churning within yep. that weight serves as a spiritual protection. Yep. And if, you know, women would understand that if they would just start looking within, you know, and thankfully people like you are out there talking more about this to understand it's okay to have issues running. Yeah. You know, we all got our stuff. hundred <laughs> percent. And you, you talk about, cause didn't you talk about your fan, like how your mom would make comments to you and yeah, I have the fat gene. I believed it for years. I believed it up until like 15 years ago. I really truly, and I'm a medic. I was, I was a medic in the military, so I should know no such thing as a fat gene, but I believe right. Well, and so many of our parents, grandparents, they, they put these little seeds in our, in us, right. They say these things to us that make us think, Oh, am I not good enough? Am I, you know, how, how am I supposed to look? What's acceptable? And, you know, it's, and it can go both ways. I mean, my family really encouraged eating and it was all about food and love and, but, and, and other families are trying to take food away from their kids and creating other issues because of that. So we're all a little messed up in the heads. And, you know, I think what you're trying to do on your podcast is get people to look inward and work on themselves. And I think, I think that's really important that we all look inward and, and work to improve our happiness and our mental health and, you know, and strive for our dreams and what will actually make us happy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, when I look, when I listen to you and look over your career, cause I always look for patterns and it's interesting because you've done, you've done fitness, weight loss, medical cannabis. And I, I'll be interested to see your, I always call it the what's next. Yeah. Your, the, your legacy move. And I know you're, you're too young to be thinking of legacy move, but I see women moving younger and younger, starting to be like, okay, I've made my money. I've made my, how am I going to leave an impact? And I'm, I'm fascinated because you have these three key elements right at an intersection at possibly one of the most perfect times in society, because women are finally looking and saying, Hey, I'm okay. The way I am. I'm Well, and I do see somewhere in the continuum in the future, these worlds converging because there is like a lot of athletes use cannabis as an anti-inflammatory agent and for recovery. And there absolutely is a correlation with like, and the endocannabinoid system that, that is our receptor system for cannabis there it's tied to our metabolism. I mean, I've had patients that have lost over a hundred pounds once they started a cannabis regimen. So, and, and the science definitely is not there yet. They're, they're researching it right now, but there are certain chemical makeups that can affect metabolism with cannabis. And I'm like, I want to do something in that world, you know, and I don't know again, what that will look like, but there's even certain foods that interact with our cannabinoid receptors. So I'm really fascinated in that vein of science and where it could lead in my future. We should have opened with this because I was <laughs> saying that I'm like, I want cannabis if it don't lose weight. I got a whole bag filled with stuff. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Let's have a call after this, Jagarin. <laughs> you know, but it's interesting because when people think of cannabis, especially at my age, 
you know, they go back to the, you know, the 60s, although I'm not old enough to have gone to the 60s, and they don't realize how, how amazing cannabis is. And I just read um, yesterday in a Sunday paper that they're talking that just it's everything's mainstream now. And, you know, they're going to start getting away from the medical cannabis and just start calling it what it is. And it's cannabis. I mean, it's medical, but you know what I'm saying? That people are just like, you know, okay, well, let's just yeah. open, open it all up. Yeah. I mean, that's always the, the big debate, right? What's the difference between medical and recreational? Because people are walking into recreational dispensaries and purchasing cannabis for health-related reasons. I think in the medical world where we really want to be taken seriously is like your world, Karen, like assisted living and skilled nursing and hospital systems where cannabis patients are still discriminated against often. You know, I just had the other day a, a resident with dementia. Her doctor's on board, her neurologist's on board. She got a medical card. She has the prescription for it, but the assisted living community, the CEO is like, nope, we're not going to allow sensible administration and storage on our property. And I'm like, you're creating a hardship here. This is a legal medic medicine that's approved by the health department in Arizona. And again, sometimes you just can't break through that stigma, but absolutely things need to evolve and change. And, and I don't know, you know, we don't know what the future holds for that. Cause there's also pharmaceutical grade where the pharmaceutical companies are trying to control medical cannabis. And it's a crazy world, Karen. Well, you worded it better. I couldn't think of the word recreational. I was yeah. like trying to get to the word recreational um, because they are totally different things. And it's, it's sad if somebody, you know, cause when you hear medical cannabis, a lot of people are like, well, they're just sitting around getting high and it's, it couldn't be further from the truth of what's actually taking place. And you know, it's knocking down those walls. Yeah. You know, and you would have thought that'd be done by now, but that's why we have warriors like you. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can be life-saving, you know, seizure disorders, you know, some of the dementia patients would spend the rest of their lives in a geriatric psychiatric hospital because the behavioral drugs that are just being plied into their, you know, care plan are just detrimental to their overall health. And when cannabis can manage like five of those symptoms. And anyway, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on a show. I mean, the 20 minutes flew by, I could sit here for another hour and talk to you. But I mean, there's just so much information that I think needs to be out to the public, I know. especially women. I mean, we, we need to accept ourselves more. So before I let you go, please let people know how they can um, talk to you, reach out to you. How do they, how do they talk to you? Yeah, thank you. Um, so if you're interested in diet culture, weight loss, fitness, you can uh, follow my podcast. If you go to anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can search for the Diet Obsessed podcast and subscribe, leave a review. We love reviews. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed podcast. That's specific to fitness and weight loss. It's not my personal, uh, but I share a lot of my personal. Um, and then for anybody interested in cannabis as a medicine, you can go on our website, grasphealth.com. That's G-R-A-S-S-P health.com. And you can book a consultation right on the website and you'll get on my calendar. Um, and uh, we're happy to help you. What a great name. Yeah. <laughs> what a, I mean, what a great name. You, you just couldn't have picked a better one. Thank okay, you. well, I thank you for, uh, for joining me today. If, again, if you have any questions, reach out to her. This is a fascinating topic. That's all I got, you guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. Ladies, step into yourself. 
be just be the best you you can be and that's a perfect you have a great day y'all talk to you soon